Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to give, to give you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith at work, today, we're talking, we're talking with Mark Whitaker, and he's accompanied by Dan Schock today, which we're going to publicly berate him in just a few seconds. And we, But Mark Whitaker's got this incredible testimony. Both these guys are with CBMC on a national basis. They're making a huge impact on the workplace believers all over the country. Dan Schock, Mark Whitaker, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Thank praise you. the Lord. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. If any of you were listening to the traffic report today, right before the show, you'll notice that it was uh, the traffic is bad here in Tampa, and today it just happens to be worse. And these guys came in right as I'm introing the show. So if you if you hear panting, it's because they ran across the parking lot. Hey, I wanted to read this verse because Mark, it seems like. This maybe describes the movie that I watched last week about your life story. Proverbs sixteen eighteen, Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before the fall. Mark, you have an incredible past. And, and the best part about it is you were redeemed by Christ. And, and I'm so excited for my audience. I've been pumping this up all week long. All over Facebook, but I had to. I, I went and got the movie so that I get at least some perspective. Of course, I get the Hollywood perspective, and of course, you know, I know you'll find this amazing. They didn't mention anything about Jesus in here. Mm-mm. What a shame! 
You, you, you can talk. It's okay. All right, listen, we're going to have some fun hey, today. Isn't that just like Hollywood to do that? Yeah, I just can't, I can't believe it. All right, so how bad was the traffic coming across the Howard Franklin there, guys? Hey, we're just, praise the Lord that we're here. <laughs> how fast does that truck go across the bridge? It went plenty fast. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, Mark, I want to dedicate this time so that our Lord can be glorified by how he worked so miraculously in your life. And so I've got questions laid out, but I really just want you to share what you plan on sharing tomorrow morning at 1130 at the Tampa Convention Center at the Marketplace Ambassador event put on by CBMC. Dan, give me just a quick commercial on that. The Marketplace Ambassador Initiative seeks to have Christian business leaders get together we're going to go through uh, 10 biblical attributes on what it looks like to be effective as an ambassador for Christ. And the CBMC ministry, Mark Whitaker, is our national marketplace ambassador. So we we have a real privilege to have him launching this event, which starts tomorrow at the Tampa Convention Center at 1130. All right. Is this still too late for people to sign up or can people sign up right now? Behisambassador.com. That's B-E-H-I-S ambassador.com. You can, tickets are still available. There it is, right on there. I'll make sure that Martha and I post it on Facebook tonight. All right, Mark, before we get started with the interview, I really want, as I do with everybody, and really this is part of your story, but just talk about today, how is Christ making an impact in your life? Boy, today I I just look at uh, the chance to travel around the country. I had a chance to do 91 events for CBMC last calendar year and 86 events uh, the year before that. And and just to, to be able to go out and share what God's done in my life, and I feel like if God can change my life, God can change anybody's life. <laughs> you know, but you didn't even kill anybody. You got guys in the Bible, they killed people, and, and God used them. So, yeah. well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I don't want to know. In the movie, it didn't say you kill anybody. All right, so you, you've got quite a, a, an educational and business background. I mean, you got a master's degree, a, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree from Ohio State, which, you know, Big Ten. Okay. I grew up in Minnesota. Sorry. I'm Ohio State did pretty well a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, might have. They might have. the Florida done. coach. But oh, we had to hire the Florida, Florida coach. coach. <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. I, football means nothing to me. I grew up in Minnesota. It's painful. I still go to counseling. All right. But then you got a doctorate, and, and it's all in, really, you're a chemist. You got a doctorate in chemistry. Biochemistry. Biochemistry. From Cornell. From Cornell in New York. Not the Cornell in Iowa? No. Cornell, oh, come on. And that would, you know, there's a little Cornell in Iowa. All right. So talk about your business background a little bit. Uh, well, I was uh, seven years a top executive of a company called Degusa, Fortune 500 company. Then I was seven years a top executive uh, at ADM. I didn't have God in my life uh, during that time. And and I found myself at age 32, a divisional president of the biotech division of, of ADM, Archer Daniels Midland, number 56 largest company in America and the 90th largest company in the world. Today, they're number 27th largest company in America. I was 32 years old. This would have been 1989. I'm 57 years old now. And I was a number four executive out of 30,000 employees. We had a CEO, a president, and a vice chairman, and then me. And uh, boy, I tell you, I remember my first day at work there in 1989, 32 years old, seven years out of college after my PhD. And and I remember they uh, introduced me to two employees my first couple hours, and they said, these will be your pilots. The seven top executives each had their own Falcon 50 corporate jets. And I can remember, boy, having a Falcon 50 corporate jet. Uh, it was the beginning of my demise. I had my Justin Bieber, my Britney Spears, and my Charlie Sheen moment all in, in one month. And it was the beginning of my demise. I didn't have God in my life. Right. And I just became all about greed, power, and what's next, what's next. Now, now, how th- we're talking now? Mark Whitaker was played by Matt Damon in a my movie identical in twin, by the his, way. Yeah, you're identical. Yes, yeah, people looks pretty <laughs> close to you. 
<laughs> yeah, just like you, except he's got hair, and you look more like me. Um, okay, so Matt Damon plays you. How in, in this movie called The Informant, which was released in 2009, and I couldn't find it on Netflix. Andrea swears it's on Netflix. I had to buy it at the movie stop. Um, how close was that movie to really depicting what went on? Well, the movie concentrated only in my early 30s. They really only concentrated on those three years where I went undercover for the FBI. Um, the the FBI themselves even wasn't, and I showed a video uh, to, to to Dan even today on my website, markwhitaker.com. There's a Discovery Channel documentary uh, called Undercover. It came out six months after the movie, and that's where the FBI wanted to combat the movie because the movie being a comedy, they just felt like it didn't really match up to what... There's three books written on the case. They're all three very serious dramas, but Hollywood decided to take a kind of a twisted, kind of get smart, kind of Keystone Cop kind of a comedy. So uh, you weren't tone. as silly in real life as Matt Damon was in that movie? I don't think you could become the number four executive uh, out of 30,000 employees and hold that position for seven years. Uh, and be, and I was also announced before they learned I was informant to be the next president, which would have taken me to the number two executive. And I don't think you could have had that job with that, the way Matt Damon. I think that being a comedy, that was part of the, the flavor. I was trying to figure out, but it was such a serious subject and that they made it into a, they called it a comedy. I didn't find anything funny about it. I'm like, wow, you really imploded. Was there really a green lamp that you traveled with? Oh, yeah, there was a green lamp and it traveled all around the world that made the video. And it's amazing. That green lamp is in two or three meetings a month for three years with the same 11 guys and not one person noticed it. <laughs> Typical men. Feet from them. <laughs> it shows how greed blinds you. Yeah, absolutely. And you said that in your testimony. Okay, so what I want to focus on before we get into your testimony, because that's going to take a lot of the show, you keep mentioning in a lot of your testimonies just how incredible your wife was. It really it was your wife's insistence, which that was depicted in the movie, your wife's Insistence. Listen, Mark, if you don't say do something, I'm going to say something. So yeah. she's the one that pushed you to share this, but she's the one that also, you know, kept by your side through all of this. Yeah, I mean, even the FBI and, and the Discovery Channel uh, documentary they did in 2010, and like I said, it's on my website, markwhitaker.com, and, and they, they've given a, a lot of credit, especially the last couple of years when they look back how I wore a wire for three years. It's the longest duration. I was their keynote speaker at the Quantico FBI Academy two years ago, and it's the longest duration of anybody wear a wire in U.S. history. They never had a person wear a wire 10 hours a day for three years. It's the first ever. And they actually have a guideline. They don't allow someone to wear a wire longer than a year because they saw what happened to me by wearing one for three. You know, the pressures of that. And I yeah, mess with your head. Oh, it does. I mean, everybody you're, you're talking to, you know, you're acting like you're a loyal executive. In reality, you're taping them, and, and they're going to be going to prison. And you do that for three years. You know, that deception that you're, provide, you know, you're doing every day wearing a wire like that. Like I said, they don't allow anybody to wear a wire longer than a year now because of what happened in this case. And I look at my wife's role. I, I, the FBI gave me credit for being a whistleblower. But in reality, my wife's a whistleblower. She's the one that forced me to turn myself into the FBI. Informant is someone that wears a wire to get a lower sentence. A whistleblower is someone that's willing to risk everything to do the right thing. And that was my wife, Ginger. She's the one that forced me to do it. And she said if I went to prison, if I turned myself in, she'd stay with me. And boy, did she. She moved to three different states, lived next to walking distance to three different prisons, and came in. They allow your family to come in 20 hours a weekend. She, they wrote the book, Against All Odds, mostly about her. That's a 2010 book that has our faith journey. And they looked at, for prison records, my wife's days, eight hours a day, added up to three years and eight months that she said in prison visiting rooms, visiting wow. me with my children. That's three a, years and eight months. That's a lot. All right, so the, the, the whole... Price fixing was about this this chemical called lysine. 
And so I just need you to explain it. And people, I know I'm trying to intrigue it because you need to watch this movie. And if you're too young to understand the influence that Archer Daniels Midland has in our country, you need to do some studying because this is powerful. What is lysine? Well, actually, the price fixing case, that was the first product that was being looked at, but it was multiple products. Okay. Uh, lysine that's in animal food, like Tyson Foods, when they buy poultry in the grocery store, Tyson Foods, lysine's in there. Uh, citric acid and lactic acid would be in Campbell's soups and beverages and Coca-Cola's and Pepsi's, and they make high fructose corn syrup. They are one of the largest food additive companies in the world. It'd be difficult. What they had for your listeners had for breakfast today, lunch today, and dinner tonight will likely have something from ADM. And, and by the way, ADM is a very ethical company today. This is 20 Sure, this is over 20 ago. years ago, yeah. Right. But they've really changed their ways and became a very, very ethical company. But they do manufacture the food additives in the foods that we buy in the grocery stores. And we were fixing the prices with those of those ingredients with our competitors, which is which is basically stealing from the consumers that go to the right. grocery store. And we were stealing from uh, uh, their listeners. And this wasn't a small amount of money. This was almost a billion dollars a year. Each company received almost an extra one billion, not one million, but one billion dollars a year from the price fixing of these multiple ingredients hmm. that were being price fixed. So you, you, uh, you're an informant for the FBI for three years. Uh, but at the end of that informant time, um, you uh, it, it be, when they found out that you were the informant, your uh, former bosses at ADM, they said, hey, by the way, Mark's been helping himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it showed in the movie that showed that you had been forging documents and skimming money off of it to the tune of a small poultry amount, nine and a half million. And then you joke. Th- did you really joke with the guy on your way out at eleven and a half million? No, that okay. was all. That, all right, that, the Discovery uh, Channel documentary, the okay. FBI said that didn't happen. I didn't happen. get a chance to do that. The four real agents are in the documentary, the four real oh, really? agents. I actually thought the FBI guys did pretty good I because mean, it, it showed the friendship that you had there. Yeah. So you, uh, it turns out you were breaking the law while you were trying to be an informant and uh, the guys that were in the price fixing went to prison for a few years and you went to prison for how many years i went to prison for eight years and eight months on a 10-year sentence there's no parole in the federal system you get off 15 percent off good behavior and i got that uh, 15 percent off so i did eight and a half years on a on a 10-year sentence but they tried they got me the fbi fought very hard on my behalf and got me a six-month plea agreement six months where those other guys were going to go three years and i was going to get six months and i took that and this is after they knew about the money right. i had a full immunity before they knew about the money but then with the the theft of the nine and a half million that got me a six-month plea deal i took that plea agreement threw it in a trash can like i said this is before i got in my life right threw it in a trash can said after we're in a wire for three years i will never go to prison for six months and threw the plea agreement in the trash can fought that case for three years to get a 10-year sentence three years later. Mm. So they were trying to help me every step of the way, and I kept getting in my own way. Were any of those FBI guys Christ followers? Uh, two were then, and now three out of the four are today. <laughs> That's what's cool. All right. when we, uh, I, I really want to go to break, if we can, just lower because when we come back, I really want to get into your story. I want to get into, because when you went to prison, that's when life started changing for you. I mean, life started, I mean, God, <laughs> God had you. He had a captive audience. Yes. And, and that's where the miracle that's where the miracle happened. All right, we've got in studio today Mark Whitaker, the in, original informant. That's right, they've had a movie made about him. He's got books written about him, he, multiple books written about him. He's got a, a, a documentary from the Discovery Channel written about you, filmed about you. That's right. But does the Discovery Channel actually talk about you meeting Christ? It mentions it. it 
we had all that in the interviews, but they cut out. You know, they interview for hours, but they do talk about my wife. Does so they? It's a lot more than what the movie would have. All right, so we got in studio Mark Whitaker with us with the CBMC, the Christian Businessmen's Connection. We got Dan Shock, local ambassador with the Christian Bu- Businessmen's Connection. Is that what they call you, the local ambassador? Sure, super dude, super, super, super. CBMC dude, Idiot. right here in Tampa Bay. And Mark, you're the national CBMC dude. Well, uh, in charge of Marketplace Ambassadors. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. All right, we got a big event coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk about that right at the bottom of the half hour. Mark, start talking about how, I mean, you went to prison because of you being an informant. Not because you're being an informant, but because you were cocky, prideful, and you threw away a plea deal, and you ended up stealing $9.5 million. They throw you in federal prison. It's the best thing ever happened to you. It sure is. And actually, when I threw that plea deal away, that six-month plea deal, and that was for the thing. I had immunity without the $9.5 million theft. The six-month plea deal was with the $9.5 million theft, and I, I wouldn't accept that, and I threw it in a trash can, fired that lawyer, hired a whole bunch of lawyers the next day, and fought that case for, for three years. And seven months before I went to, to prison, when I had the 10-year deal, and I, and I knew I would have had a six months, and I thought, gosh, how am I going to go to prison for eight and a half years on a 10-year sentence when I couldn't even do six months? I pulled my car in one of those garages. I had an eight-car garage. I mean, I, I live the... The, the fast uh, the fast life. It was all about me and all about creed and all about power and had a 13,000 square foot house with an eight car garage and, you know, one of the top executives, one of the biggest companies in the world. And I pulled my car in one of those garages to try to take my own life. I couldn't imagine doing eight and a half years in federal prison. And I tried to kill myself and, and I was hospitalized for a month and, uh, and treated and then sent home. And uh, someone showed up on my doorstep, and it was a stranger. I didn't know him. And my wife said, uh, you know, someone was wanting to talk to me. And I went out. She said it wasn't media because the media were, you know, all over our house at that time. So I went out and talked to him. Told me his name. His name was Ian Howes, and he was CFO of a pharmaceutical company, five young children. And and he said, Mark, I just want to tell you something. I've been reading about you in the papers. I read about how you threw a six-month plea agreement in the trash can and all about your case now you wore a wire for three years and all the things that had happened and he said i just want to let you know prison's going to be the beginning of your life and you're going to find your true purpose in life with the journey you're ready to start and i ran back in the kitchen and told my wife i said honey there's somebody on the porch that's crazier than i am <laughs> and she got down on her knees and started crying she said i've been praying for something i told her what he said what he had said and she said i've been praying for someone to show up in your life like this that maybe you would listen to and I went out there, and he talked about how he was, uh, also besides being CFO of a pharmaceutical company, he was uh, CBMC, Christian Businessmen Connection. First, I had ever heard of CBMC. And he wanted to, to spend some time with me and, and mentor me and, and go through what they call Operation Timothy. It's an introduction to Jesus, introduction to the Bible with me. And, and I could just tell it meant so much to my wife, and I already caused her enough pain. And I had seven months before I went to prison. This man invested six or seven hours a week. Mm, that's fantastic. Now, was that when you were in Decatur? Were you living in Decatur in that time? We would, well, Decatur was uh, 30,000 people at ADM, and it's a 75,000 people town. So we were living in Chapel Hill then. It was difficult for us to stay sure. in that town I, with me being a whistleblower. All right, it's time for us to do our book highlight segment. As always, brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for almost 30 years, located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Almerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online. At shopcaris.com. That's shop, C H A R I S.com. Be the first two people to call into the studio line today, and I will give away an autographed copy of Mark Whitaker's book, Against All Odds. And the first caller will get an autographed copy of the movie, 
The Informant featuring Matt Damon playing Mark Whitaker. That's right, one of Matt Damon's best roles ever. All right, the book that is written, was it written by you? No, it was written by Stephen Hoover, but all about you. Did you help Stephen write it? Yes, it's an authorized it's, it's biography. An, okay. we, my wife and I, we hired a ghostwriter to write our story but, as our faith journey. But, but let's, you know, a lot of people write authorized biographies, and you know what those, they're not really. Yeah. So this is true. This it is. actually is yes. true. Okay. All right. So here's what it is. The short explanation is, in this touching story about the highest level executive to turn whistleblower of all time, Mark Whitaker tells all. Enormously revealing and moving, this biogra- biography shares with its readers how, via faith in God and the patient love of his wife, Ginger, Mark is today an inspirational spiritual force for good in the world. Written with finesse and passion, Mark Whitaker, against all odds, reveals the family's perspective, especially how Ginger kept Mark alive. You need to get a copy of this book because it's a fantastic story. It's a fantastic testimony. Call right now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. They already made the movie! Never been able to say that before. I don't get many guests, Mark, in the studio that have actually had movies made about them. Most of them I tell people, read the book, don't wait for the movie. You already had the movie done. Well, the book is the rest of the story. It came out after the after the movie. It's probably, it's the rest of the story. So it's, it's uh, who did the rest of the story? Well, I can't think of his name. The guy did Paul it. Harvey. Paul Harvey. Yeah. So the, the rest of the story. Okay, fantastic. So call into the studio line if you want to get an autographed copy of Mark's testimony, his whole story, before and after, and everything that's in addition to the movie that I give away to the first caller, 855-265-2929. Mark, when we come back after the bottom of the half hour, I really want to get into what happened in prison and how God rocked your world. Will you do that? Yes, absolutely. It's going to be fun. All right. We've got in studio today Mark Whitaker, National Marketplace Ambassador with CBMC, the Christian Businessmen's Connection, and local Marketplace Ambassador Dan Schock. Dan, tell us about what's going on tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to have an event that's a launch event. This is new for Tampa Bay. Uh, Many people out there listening have probably heard about the Tampa Bay Mayor's Prayer Breakfast that's held at the Tampa Convention Center that we held every May. This year, uh, we're concentrating on doing more events, more events that are going to help people become more effective at sharing their faith with others in the marketplace. The Tampa Bay Marketplace Ambassador Initiative is designed to gather Christian business leaders together um, we're going to learn 10 biblical attributes about be- becoming more effective as a marketplace ambassador for Christ. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we're all commissioned to be ambassadors for Christ. But how effective are you as an ambassador? This this event tomorrow that launches tomorrow at 1130 at the Tampa Convention Center is designed to help people become more effective as ambassadors for Christ. And which would make them a fantastic member of the thousand-person I Work For Him Nation that we launched Absolutely. yesterday. These Absolutely. are people we need to have on our team making a commitment. And here's what I asked Dan yesterday on the, on the radio. I asked for people willing to make a commitment to be one of those thousand, the first thousand people of the I Work For Him Nation to start praying for their coworkers and employees, start looking for ways to reach, to th- reach out to them outside of work, start looking for ways to serve those people, their coworkers and employees. We're looking for a thousand people to be the brightest and best example of the person in your position in your company. We're looking for a thousand people to live a consistent witness at home, in their neighborhood, in their office, and to recognize that as a Christ follower, you may be the only Jesus people ever meet. And Dan, 
you want to give away two tickets to tomorrow's event. I want to give away two tickets. Now, all the information for the event is found at our local website, BeHisAmbassador.com. That's BeHisAmbassador.com. And to your next two callers that are local, not not the people that are listening in Norway, but the next two callers. We'll be hard for them to get here tomorrow. Listen, I want to give away two tickets to this event tomorrow at 1130 at the Tampa Convention Center. All right, so two tickets, so two, two individuals, yeah, two next individuals. two callers, and this is guys, right? This is not a... No, 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 this, this is, is co-ed. This is a co-ed event. Yes. Fantastic. Ambassadors are both male and female, Jeff. Uh, are, well, We've I talked just, about this. No, we have not. Don't put, do that Just don't do that to me on my show. Okay, that's not my show. It's God's show. It's I work for him show. Sorry. Okay, Attaboy. so two people, if you, want, if you have a chance to take a long lunch tomorrow, Tampa Bay, you're right near the Tampa Convention Center, and you want to be an ambassador for Christ in your workplace, learn 10... You said 10? 10 biblical attributes. 10 biblical attributes. To become more effective. We're trying to get our Christian brothers and sisters off the sidelines and becoming more effective at sharing their faith. So we're going to give you the tools to be part of that thousand-person I work for him nation. Call right now. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. Call. Get these tickets right now. Okay. We are back. Uh, with live with Mark Whitaker, and we're talking about your you really okay. So, Mark, your story took us up. You're six months out from six or seven months out from going to federal prison for eight and a half years, and a guy knocks on your door and says, "Hey, when you go to prison, your world is going to be rocked, but you're going to find out why you're here." He said, "You're going to find your true purpose in life with the journey ready to start," and I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever heard, and how true it was. Remarkable. Okay. So you went to you went to federal prison in what year? Went to prison in March of ninety eight. Okay, March of nineteen ninety eight. And when you went to where, what state were you in when you went to federal prison? Uh, Yazoo, Mississippi. I was sent yes. to the prison there. They they published that. Wasn't that that was made famous in uh, Forrest Gump? Yazoo, Mississippi. Okay, so you went to federal prison. How? Talk about your time there. Talk about how it led you eventually to. Um, uh, to Christ. Well, Ian Howes continued to go through Operation Timothy, which is an introduction to the Bible, uh, okay. a Bible study, but also a relationship and mentoring and discipling, even while I was in prison. And then shortly after I entered Yazoo, Mississippi, which was the first prison I was at, a camp, a minimum security white collar camp, mostly white collar cases, tax evasion. So you had a golf course and everything? And Didn't have anything like that, but it was a no fence. It was a white collar minimum security camp, uh, low risk uh, inmates. And Chuck Colson reached out to me. I didn't even know who he was. He showed up at the prison. <laughs> he said he read about me in the Washington Post. And he started telling me the same things Ian Howes was telling me. And and he uh, said he you know he read where I went to Cornell, he went to Brown, and he became top of his game as politics, and I was top of my game in corporate America. And we both uh, ended up in those two powerful jobs, the way the world defines success, to $20 a month in federal prison. He, in the 70s, he was White House counsel under President Nixon, and me in 1998, uh, in Yazoo, Mississippi, and Chuck Colson, like Ian Howes, poured his life into me and mentored me through eight and a half years in prison and the first six years after I got out of prison until he passed on April 21st, 2012. Wow. And yeah, my, what a privilege. Now that's being an ambassador for yeah. Christ. Well, he but, lived it. I mean, after Chuck Colson it. came to Christ, he never turned back. I mean, he that was, was the real deal. He, he drove a bus through the federal prison systems and the and the and the and the federal and the local prisons. I mean, the, you know, um, what's his ministry called? On some prison fellowship. Prison fellowship is just it's it's fantastic. I mean, I have heard of so many people who have come to Christ in prison yeah. because of Chuck Colson yeah. and the testimony he laid out and the and the ministry that he started and because of his brokenness. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And all they did was, you know, tape a couple of guys, you know, in, in, 
Yeah, okay. And he and Ian House poured their lives into me, and I learned about God, and I learned about the Bible, and I started reading the Bible on my own. And, and so after 10 months with Ian House, that was in total, because I was third month in prison. After three months with Chuck Colson, I got down on my knees in June of 98, June 4th, 98. The first time in my life, even though I'd went to church most of my life, first time in my life, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And June 4th, 98, my third month in prison, I had eight years plus of prison yet to go. And boy, did God show me my purpose, even in prison. Oh, I imagine. So so let's talk about that. So how did God use you? I mean, you're obviously you're in prison now. You got lots of time to study because you got some you got a lot of quiet time. How did God start to you know, you got you got two guys mentoring. You got Chuck Colson. Man, what a privilege that was. Um, talk about you know how did God start working in your life in prison? Because a lot of people think about prison. They're like, well, you gotta you'll get on with your life after you get out. No, I thought that too when I went in. But it was amazing how I would look back at my fifty-seven years of life today, and probably the eight and a half most productive of my fifty-seven years of life today were probably eight and a half years in federal prison. And bec- and the reason why that for that me that's the case is that. I was able to take the Operation Timothy, and this wasn't suggestion of Ian or or Chuck. This was God speaking to me during my prayer time and quiet time. God said, Mark, do what Ian Howes and Chuck Colson are doing for you and mentor other men in prison that don't know Jesus. And I took 61 people through Operation Timothy. Man, praise and the Lord. hundreds of guys get their GDs, learn how to read and learn how to write. And for the first time in my life, I found some found myself helping somebody else besides myself. Hmm. And it was the most rewarding. And I and then I got what Ian was talking about, that I would find my purpose. Hmm. And it was to help other people, not me. Now, Dan, you do Operation Timothy here in Tampa Bay, right? We do. All of the CBMCers in Tampa Bay, uh, one of the great privileges that we have is to mentor other believers and help them to become stronger in their faith through our discipleship materials, Operation Timothy. For over 40 years, CBMC has been using these materials to help people become stronger in their faith. Hmm. That's fantastic. Because I remember you telling me. Wonderful program. Wonderful. Right after I met you, you told me that you were, weren't you doing one of those Bible studies in your old, your former workplace? Yep. Yep. That's what I thought. That's what I thought you told me. Okay. So, Mark, you're in prison eight and a half years, 61 guys you took through the Operation Timothy. How many of them became Christ followers? Well, those are six. I took more than that. Those are 61 guys that actually finished Operation Timothy and become Became, Christ followers. I started with okay. many more and had some of them. There's three books uh, uh, with Operation Timothy, and some of them would drop out halfway through book one. And But 61 actually finished Operation Timothy and, and became Christians that weren't believers before before that. So you go into prison, uh, a prideful, arrogant, you know, a guy who thought you had the world by the heels, and you come out. A minister. I mean, that's really what happened. Yeah. And, and and what's cool is your wife was waiting there for you. And I think that that's part of the story everybody needs to hear is that, you know, marriages, and, and everybody's heard Martha and I talk about this on the air a ton of times, marriages can withstand anything as long as both parties are willing to work on it. And your wife was willing to stand by your side, and like you said, three and a half years in prison with you. She moved to three different states, visited 20 hours a weekend for eight and a half years. So not only was she waiting on me, she went to prison with me, her and my children, 20 hours a week, in which is the maximum allowable hour, hours a family member can get in the prison visiting room. She did those maximum allowable hours, mm. three week, Friday nights and all day Saturday and all day Sunday for, for nine years. Wow, what, that's a faithful person. It is. How did you, what'd you talk about all that time? 
boy, we talked about uh, our, our kid. For the first time in my life, I got to know my kids and their grades. And, and my kids, my, young, my uh, youngest son, 29 years old now, just did his testimony a couple months ago in Cincinnati for a CBMC. Mm, awesome. And he talked about how it was a net gain. We didn't lose anything, yet, that our family became closer and, and stronger. And he thanks God that in my kids and my wife feel if I would have got the six-month sentence that I was offered, I would have came out the same person I went in. Right. That instead, God got, gave us exactly what I needed. And instead, he got a godly father as a result. Yeah. Hmm. So how old were your kids when you went into prison? Our, one was in college, uh, second year in college. Our middle son was four months from graduating from high school, so it was a little easier for those two. But our youngest was six years old when I went undercover. Um, wearing a wire for three years and meeting the FBI till midnight, going over tapes. So he, you know, he didn't see me during those three years when I was undercover for the FBI. He was 12 when I went to prison. He was 21 in a junior in college when I walked out. Mm. But he spent all those hours, those weekends with me and the relationship that I have with my children. The thing we hear the most often from our three children today, the only marriage they could ever imagine having is a marriage like their parents mm. because they saw my wife. The divorce rate, if you serve five years and longer in federal prison, the official statistic is a 99% divorce rate if you serve five years and longer. And my wife and I are married 36 years this coming June. Mm, praise the Lord. And that's, that's what pre- God will do. That's right. That's what God will do. Now, but your wife was a Christ follower when, yes. you, when you got married or shortly after you got married. I mean, when did well, you we come both to Christ? Went, we both went to church and she's been a Christian since age 13. But I grew up, uh, my family went to, my parents are 87 years old, going to the same church they went to as teenagers. So I grew up in a Christian family and I thought being a Christian was just going to church. So someone would ask me back, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church. I show That's the church I go to. And But boy, did I learn the difference at age 41, three months <laughs> into federal prison. So I would say this, that my wife's faith was growing as we got married. We met in junior high. She was 13. I was 14. Went all through high school together, the proms together and so on. We got married at age 21, right before I started my Ph.D. at Cornell. And we got married, and I would say we're probably, we were maybe equally yoked. We were young, but her faith was growing Faster And the whole conversation that we had where she forced me to turn myself into the FBI was a discussion we were having about we were becoming unequally yoked. Mm. And she was growing in her faith, and I wasn't. I was just going to church. I was just sitting in a pew. Mm. And that's how that discussion came up. And then I told her everything was going on. And that's when she said, boy, you've got to turn yourself into the authorities. I mean, and, and you got to just hand it to her. What a fantastic thing. And really, her convincing you to do that actually uh, impacted billions of people. Yeah. I mean, really, when you when you Every consumer it, around the world. Right. Okay. The grocery store. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. So now you're on the road. You've been speaking since you got out of prison. You've been speaking. It says in your in your bio on the CBMC site, actually on your Mark Whitaker site, that you're that you're talking uh, about insights into corporate ethics, corporate greed, warning signs of flawed uh, corporate leadership and more and more and more. Where do you get a chance? Where where are these places that you get to speak? I've uh, spoke uh, four places even overseas in the last uh, two or three years, most of them in the United States, from East Coast uh, to West Coast, often at mayor prayer breakfasts and outreaches, and, and a lot of times where people where they're bringing lost into these events, and for them to hear about a changed life, about what God will do in their life. Because one thing I learned is no matter what promotion I got, no matter what corporate jet, mansion, A-car garage, I had a Ferrari, two BMWs, two Mercedeses at age 32, and no matter that, I was always saying, what's next? It never filled that void. And then I'm in prison for $20 a month, and that void got filled. I basically became a free man when I went to prison. 
And what's amazing is how we, we ask this question a lot. Certainly, as and I teach people in Crown Financial Ministries, how much is enough? Just a little bit more. I could have got to the level of Bill Gates and it wouldn't have been enough. When you're on that track, that greed, you're obsessed with greed and success, the way the world defines success, it will never be enough. I was on that track. It will never be enough. And with my bonuses and stock options and everything, my base salary was 350000 a year. This is 1989. But with bonuses and stock options, well, it was about $3 million a year. And that was for seven years, and that's 25 years ago. <laughs> and it wasn't enough. And it wasn't enough. And you know, Jim, that that's just a great example of business bondage. Absolutely. And what you can do, listen to this. All the people that are out there, how many times have we gotten into we, a bigger house? You know, instead of a hundred thousand dollars, no, you need a three hundred thousand dollar. Instead of a fifteen thousand dollar car, no, get the fifty thousand. Then all of a sudden, this debt gets hung around our necks. And do you know that's part of the enemy game plan? Business bondage. It, you know, the enemy's plan is designed to keep us down, to keep us without any spiritual margin, to keep us from being effective. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk right. about tomorrow. He How loves, to be effective. Right. He loves ineffective Christians. He loves to make, and that's why we don't even call them Christians. He loves ineffective Christ followers. He loves to hamper us. And that's where we're going to tell people about the event. And let's try to give away those tickets. Tomorrow is our launch event for the Marketplace Ambassador Initiative. That's what Mark is going to be speaking at at the Tampa Convention Center Thursday, February 5th at 1130. It's going to be a luncheon. It's over at one o'clock. And this is designed to have people get off the sidelines of faith. We know you're a Christian. You've been placed in a sphere of influence behind enemy lines at work, and we just want to help you become more effective at sharing your faith. Mm. All right, so they can call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, in case you guys like the auctioneer style. Call in now. we got two tickets, two individuals that can give up their lunch hour tomorrow and go and start to learn those 10 biblical directives. That's not what you said. 10 biblical attributes, attributes of what it looks like to be a Christ follower in the workplace. Yes, I wish I could be there, but that's when our boat takes off, so I can't do that. We should plan these events better. I know it, but you can always check out the website, BeHisAmbassador.com. BeHisAmbassador.com. Okay, Mark Whitaker, we're back to you. You've got incredible things going on in your life. You're traveling around the country. You're speaking. Do you often get to travel with your bride? Yes, very often. Uh, some of the larger events, she does the Q&A of those events, like some of the, the outreaches, lunches, and so on. So I'd say about one week a month, she travels with me to some of the larger events. So do you still live up in the Middle West? We live uh, near Cincinnati. We moved there about two and a half years ago where we're able to help take care of aging parents, both hers and mine. Up in Cincinnati. Nice. Well, that's actually the South, Cincinnati. So it's actually warm there most of the time. Yeah. All right. So what's next for you? I mean, when you guys, when you run into a, a, a big time CEO, do you ever get the chance to just share your story with them and challenge them on looking for those things that caused your downfall? I mean, do you ever, would you ever get to have the heart-to-heart stuff? I get a lot, a lot of chances. Uh, God blessed me with, with another position uh, 24 hours after I got out of prison. I, You know, one of the reasons why I tried to take my own life, I thought I wouldn't have a family. When I got out, I thought I wouldn't be employable. And, and boy, did God uh, bless all that when I started relying on him instead of myself. And I was hired back into a biotech company, kind of, kind of work, had to work my way up from the bottom. And four years ago, I've been there eight years, four years ago, I was promoted to a COO and chief science officer for a cancer research company, a biotechnology company, a very established company. I'm number uh, two executive there. I've been there eight years now. So I have a chance to share with uh, lots of executives like what you're talking about. But to me, you know, that back then my job used to be everything, but now it's, it's just uh, – to me, well, the most important thing is sharing what God would do in your life. And, and what I like to share with them, especially for believers and believer executives, is that Second Corinthians 520, 
makes it so clear we are an ambassador for Christ. If you're a believer, we are an ambassador. If 2 Corinthians 5.20 makes that so clear, the question is how effective are we? Well, I had the chance to meet two effective ambassadors face-to-face with Ian Howells and Chuck Colson. Right. Face to face. And they gave me an example. And I can't imagine doing anything other than that, going out and 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 talking about and sharing how important God has been in my life and how to integrate your faith into your business. Business is, is really is really a ministry. It, our workplaces are mission. Field. Exactly. That's what we exactly. say here on the I Work Rim Show. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So you're still working, but they let you travel all the time like this? Well, we have a... a so it's like a part-time job a Christian, for you. A Christian CEO, okay. too. Uh, more like the, the CEOs, more of Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A that really okay. support this. Uh, but this is where my heart is. This is where I spend most of my time, and I don't see anything, especially the last year, year and a half, and I don't think anything more... I can't imagine doing anything more important than this. Hmm. That's fantastic. Dan, a little bit more, one more time about the event tomorrow. So the Marketplace Ambassador Initiative launch event is going to be tomorrow at the Tampa Convention Center. That's February 5th. Starts at 1130. Uh, it's a luncheon that will run till 1 o'clock. You'll hear Mark Whitaker share a little bit more about what it looks like to become an effective ambassador for Christ, how to integrate your faith at work. I mean, guys, what, what are we doing here? Why do we do what we do? To honor the Lord because we've been saved, because we love Him. And uh, this, this is by design. This is uh, going to help people become more effective at integrating their faith at work. We really would like to have some people come out and support the event tomorrow at the Tampa Convention Center. All the information can be found on the event website, BeHisAmbassador.com. BeHisAmbassador.com. I'd love to meet all of you if, they, if you can make it. Love to meet you there. Mark person. will sign the top of your head if you show up tomorrow because he, he, he loves to autograph the tops of people's heads. I don't know where that came up. I just looked at the top of your head. It looks like the top of my head. It's unbelievable. Okay, listen, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. Listen, I'm looking for a 1,000 people in Tampa Bay, a 1,000 Christ followers in Tampa Bay that want to make an impact on their workplace. I'd like you to take the challenge. I'd like you to become part of the I Work For Him nation, which goes right along with what Dan's doing with Marketplace Ambassadors. I'm looking for a 1,000 people to start praying for their coworkers and employees, a 1,000 people to start looking for ways to reach out to those workplace employees outside of of work where you can actually minister I'm looking for a thousand people to start looking for ways to serve their people that work with them every day I'm looking for a thousand people to start looking for ways to pray with people not just for them but with them I'm looking for a thousand people to be the best and brightest example in your position in your office I'm looking for a thousand people to live consistent witness at home in your neighborhood in your office if you want to be one of those go to the I work for him website and go on to the uh, the spot where you sign up and, and just become a Marketplace Ambassador. I've totally drawn a blank on what it's actually said. It says sign up. <laughs> It'll make sense when you get there. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.